You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Today is World Health Day. Happy World Health Day. And in the spirit of health and how love can nourish you, we've got a love story that takes us from gender discrimination in the medical field all the way to the Nobel Prize. I'm Sarah Wendell. I'm Alicia Rye. Welcome to Love Struck Daily, where we bring a love story to your ears every single day. Happy World Health Day, Alicia. Thank you. I didn't know that was a thing, but it's very exciting that it is. It is a thing. One thing I know that you and I look forward to is our weekly investigation of the New York Times quiz. Yes. 36 questions to fall in love. Yep. This week's question is a bit of a heavy one. You ready? Oh, geez. Oh. It's a bit of a heavy one. Mm-hmm. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Oh, my God. Isn't that the first line of Twilight? Oh my god. I'm pretty is sure it? that is the first line is it of really? Twilight. Oh. You know, I'm gonna look that up while hey, you tell you me about your up? secret hunches. <laughs> this Hang is on. It, it's this quiz, I love it because it jumps from like who would you have to dinner to how will you die? How will you die? Uh, yeah. I, Woo, damn. I don't really have a secret hunch about how I'm gonna die. I think hopefully I'll just live a long, happy life with the people I love and then I'll in my sleep painlessly. That would be ideal, I think. But I think that's what everybody hopes for a little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on this one. What about you, Sarah? I 
have really not thought about the how or the when. Yeah. I just hope there are things I want to do before it happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's things I want to do and experience and have in my life before it happens. There's a point in your life where it seems like everyone around you is getting married and then everyone Mm. around you is maybe having children. And then Mm. a lot of people around you might be getting divorced. And then you move into the time in your life where people who raised you start to pass away. And then Mm -hmm. you get to the point where people who are your peers start to pass away. And that's kind of like a big, whoa, wait a minute, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. And that is starting to happen more and more for me. So I'm more cognizant of the things I want to do in my life before that happens. But I don't have any hunch about how or when. Just not soon, please, if I can put that out in the universe. I got things I'd like to do and people I'd like to see. There are people who have like definite hunches. Like my best friend is convinced she's going to die on the 110 freeway in LA and like very committed to this to the point where she won't drive on it. And she was like, I'm a little, I'm a little like, and she is, she does have like premonitions about things. So I also don't want her to drive on it now because I'm like, that is, it's the worst freeway in like LA because it was built in like, who knows what, I think it's one of the oldest freeways and the entrance and exit ramps are like three feet big. Um, they're not built for they're not built for modern day cars. So uh, I I do believe her to an extent, but I I don't think I've ever really thought about it. I've had premonitions, but not about my death or someone else's death. However, I will tell you, I did find the first line of Twilight. Mm-hmm. I'd never given much thought to how I would die, though I'd had reasons enough in the last few months. But even if I had, I would not have imagined it like this. Oh, that's actually a great first line. That is a really good first yeah. line. Yeah. Clearly, Bella took this quiz. How, who knew? <laughs> I had no idea that Bella took this quiz. Oh, Bella. Well, we have a story today to celebrate yeah. World Health Day. The opposite of dying, in fact. Very much the opposite of dying. So to celebrate today, our story follows the life and love of Gertie Corey, who not only won the Nobel Prize for her contributions to the field of cellular biology, but also who has a love story that's one for the books. Ugh, I, I love learning about women in STEM, especially in, you know, the older days, because it's it was so like obviously they've been there forever, but they were minimized and they basically had to be their husband's assistants for so long, even though they had brilliant minds of their own. So Gertie was born to a wealthy family in Prague, and she luckily, very luckily, had an uncle who was interested in her education. He got her some tutors so she could apply to medical school. The medical school application process was very sexist in that it permitted women to attend, but the entrance exam featured sections in Latin, math, physics, and chemistry, none of which were taught in girls' schools. So very much like just gave lip service to to being inclusive to women without actually allowing them in, in, in practice. It's equality, but not equity. Right, right. And it's interesting because my mom had kind of the same experience in that she was, uh, her mother was widow- widowed very young. She lost her father when she was very young. And in India at that time, you know, in the 50s and 60s, it was, you you couldn't do much without a father kind of in the house. Like her mom was really kind of dependent on the the charity of her family and his family. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, she was like determined to be a doctor and everyone said, you're never going to be a doctor. You don't, you don't have a father. You don't have anybody to fund your education. You don't have any way to go. You will not be able to even get into the schools that would help you get into a med school at the time. And, and she just did it. She was like, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to do it. And so she did it, but it is, very hard and and 
that level of determination is amazing. But Corey and my mom had a passion for this. And in medical school, she found two of her life's passions, which was biochemistry and Carl Corey. Say that 10 times fast. What a great name, Carl Corey. She and Carl met in anatomy class and they became inseparable. They were studying together, hiking, skiing, and researching. And they married right after Corey received her degree at age 24. Wow. Yeah. And now this was this was the 1920s. She and her husband had to emigrate due to anti-Semitism being on the rise in Europe. Gertie had converted to Judaism to marry Carol, but, you know, they were quite heavily discriminated against. That is not protection. It is not protection. And so within their relationship, they were pretty much equals, but they weren't treated like that in the labs. And they arrived in America. And I will just say, I grew up in Buffalo. They Their first position was in Buffalo. A shout out to Buffalo there. Uh, Buffalo is a lovely place to live, but they were not treated great there either. <laughs> uh, they worked in the lab for eight years and they're very industrious. They published 50 papers in their tenure there. Wow. But they leave. They leave because Gertie wasn't getting equal treatment. And unfortunately, everywhere they went, they encountered the same problem. Places straight up wouldn't hire her because she was a woman, despite all of her qualifications and publishing 50 papers with her husband. And if they did hire, they wouldn't pay her nearly as much as her husband would get. It was it was so wild. So the equal equal education for both of them, right? In Buffalo, Carl Corey ran the pathology route lab. Gertie Corey was his assistant. When he became a professor at the Washington University School of Medicine in 1931, she became a research associate. Nevertheless, uh, she persisted and they continued their research focusing on carbohydrate metabolism. And they ultimately discover and uncover the process by which glucose is metabolized in the body, aka how we get energy. It is now called the Cori cycle which is like a basic cellular process in which body stores sugar and muscle cells as glycogen, sends it to the liver for processing, and sends it back to muscles as glucose. And I have PCOS, so I know all about this. Yes, <laughs> and, me too. Team PCOS. Too. Yeah, team yep. sisters. Yep. Yep. So very proud of Gertie for figuring this out for us. <laughs> so yes. The really kind of wild thing is, it is not until two months after receiving the Nobel Prize that Gertie was finally promoted to the rank of professor. She had to win the Nobel Prize. Anyone who is listening to this who is an academic yeah. is probably shaking their heads and saying, yeah, sounds about right. In order to get tenure, she had to win the, the Nobel, Nobel <laughs> Prize. And she was the first woman to ever win the Nobel Prize in medicine in 1947. So take that. <laughs> and it's it's so lovely seeing the pictures of her accepting it. But one thing she said that I thought was really beautiful was there's a quote from her in this on the Nobel Prize website where it says, the unforgotten moments of my life are those rare ones, which come after years of plotting work when the veil over nature's secret suddenly seems to lift and when what was dark and chaotic appears in a clear and beautiful light and pattern. Oh my God, that's like poetry. Science is poetry in a lot of ways, I think. But that, how how lovely is that? That's incredible. And to know that you have someone standing behind you and beside you as you pursue something that 
every other person is trying to get in your way. Mm -hmm. She can't find jobs. She can't get hired. She can't get a legitimate position. She's always going to be secondary to her husband, even though it's her research that she's working on. I imagine that partnership was deeply supportive to her on many levels. It it really is essential to have somebody who believes in you and mm-hmm. essential for the world. I mean, she went on to discover the enzyme deficiency at the heart of several diseases that would have been lost mm-hmm. because if she hadn't won the Nobel Prize, she wouldn't have gotten that professorship. She wouldn't have had the money. She wouldn't have had, you know, all these other things. And And how many achievements have been lost to the world because of man-made biases mm-hmm. or – just people who don't want to see other people succeed. And just thinking of the shift in the demographics of, of medicine. Mm. I mean, when I was very young, almost all of the OBGYNs were men. Mm-hmm. And now I go, when I go to an OBGYN practice, most of the medical professionals are all different genders, all mm-hmm. genders and all, all different kinds of signals are sent to welcome people. Mm-hmm. And it's it, the difference from like when I was a very young person going for my first checkup to now as, a, as an adult. It's amazing just to see the incredible amount of progress and inclusivity that's happening and is still happening. But yeah. of course, there still needs to be more. Oh, so much more. And especially amongst underrepresented minorities, black and Hispanic Absolutely. women especially uh, remain really underrepresented in, in all STEM fields in the U.S. So there's still a lot of work to be done. I mean, it, it really is. It, it's always great to acknowledge how much pro- progress we've made and then continue to strive to make more progress. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only way to really to really get ahead in this world and, and to make sure that we're not missing key people who are going to yep. cure diseases or or support other people who are going to cure diseases. So. It's almost like scary to hear stories like this, because what if she hadn't met him? What if she hadn't had a loving partnership? What if she hadn't had somebody who supported her and believed in her and was ready to move to make sure that she got as much equal treatment as possible? But he could have sat there in his professorship and Mm -hmm. wouldn't have to wait, wait 16 years. But good for her. Very proud of Gertie. Good job, Gertie. I think it's amazing how medicine continues to change and evolve. Now I am asked, what are my pronouns? What is my gender? Yeah. What 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 are the ways in which I refer to myself? What is my yeah. sexuality? How do how would you like to be referred to? Who may we contact on your behalf? What are their pronouns? What is how do they prefer to be addressed? And I'm like, this this was not here two, three years ago. It used to be like I was very nervous because I would watch these like medical dramas and I Oh like- God. So wait, you were worried like in Grey's Anatomy that, that uh, no, it was ER, that a helicopter was going to fall off the no. building and kill you no. after another helicopter cut off your arm. No, that's not what I was worried about. I was worried about oh. that my nurses and doctors would be too busy sleeping with each other to pay attention to me coding <laughs> somewhere. Listen, it's a valid concern. That was my main concern <laughs> watching all of these medical dramas. So I that was one of my issues. But but also, like, as I got older, I mean, PCOS is a hormonal imbalance. And, and yes, it is unfortunate. very common, very common. It is makes it very hard to lose weight, makes it very mm-hmm. easy to gain weight. Mm-hmm. And the main cure I found over the years to, hey, can you help me with my PCOS? I'm gaining a lot of weight was you should try losing weight. <laughs> I was like, well, <gasps> mm, that's not that's not helping. 
to help me do that. <laughs> yeah. So it's very, so that was my main source of anxiety after worrying about whether the doctors and nurses were all sleeping together while I was coding. <laughs> I don't want to know if my doctors have love lives. <laughs> I want them to be only focused on me. Before we get into the height, weight, blood pressure, you know, all of that, have you guys been stepping in the broom closet? Yeah. I just need to know. I just need to know. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, nobody should do that. I I mean, with my like mom being a physician, I know how filthy those hospitals are. They can't get rid of everything. Nobody should be going, it's not sexy. It's dirty. Aside from please don't stop in the broom closet, Alicia, what is our love to go? Well, I think that's a pretty hearty one, but um, I will... I will add that you should always, always be first open to the possibilities, uh, go after what you want, and and maybe make it easier for somebody else to go after what they want. That's really good. I mean, who knows what could come out of it. We mm-hmm. could get cures for diseases. Be the support you wish you had. Yeah, 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 I agree. And we would love to hear all your stories about your favorite room closet sex did an ambulance fall off your hospital and cut off your arm you may be entitled to compensation email us at lovestruckdaily at frolic.media <laughs> or about your favorite women in stem oh yes definitely that yeah please send us an email at lovestruckdaily at frolic.media or follow us on instagram and twitter at lovestruckdaily and please leave a review subscribe and spread the word about our show our researcher is Jesse Epstein. Our editor is Jen Jacobs. We are produced by Abigail Steckler and Little Scorpion Studios and Jillian Davis with executive producer Frolic Media. This is an iHeartRadio podcast. We wish you a very scientific happily ever after. with you.